my babies, and welcome once again to Poker in the Ears. I am Uncle Daddy. I'm Joe Stapleton. He's my work wife. He's James Hardigan. Happy Australia Day, Joe, with a special shout out to our producer, Chris, also to the Antipodean icon that is George Lazenby, and also to Kylie, because I love you, Kylie. I have a great many favorite Australians in my life. Happy Australia Day. I also remember Australia Day being a bit of a fun day when I lived in England. Uh, it was a nice day to get out there and get drunk with all the backpackers that are constantly leaving their luggage on seats in the tube station. All right, coming up on today's show, uh, very exciting guest coming up on today's show. Last minute replacement. This man got his start in poker but has since then gotten to taste the sweet, sweet air of mainstream fame thanks to a little show called Jeopardy. Who is Alex Jacob? That's that's his Twitter handle. Who Alex, ja Alex Jacob is on the show today. Do you guys have Jeopardy in the UK? You know what? I looked into this, Joe. Let's talk yeah. about it with Alex. I think it's fair okay. to say the show does not have the same resonance in the United Kingdom that it does in the United States. But I have theories behind that. We will talk more when Alex oh, joins us. Thrilled nice. that he's going to be on the show. Because it has been in the news a lot over here the past couple of years. And uh, Alex is part of a, like an elite group of players. He won the show, f I think, five or six times. And yeah. he got a start in those old World Series of Poker broadcasts. We all have so much. Uh, so it should be really fun to talk to him. We were supposed to have Sam Greenwood on this week to do like the movie TV roundup. Yep. Uh, Sam had a commitment come up. So we'll be talking to him next week which is cool because maybe we'll get to watch one or two more things. Yeah, I think the list is already quite long. And also, I am slightly concerned that we've got three people who are going to be coming at this having watched a completely different list of programs, which isn't going to lead to a very interesting conversation. But hopefully we'll make it work next week. All right, well, let's, get, let's put our heads together before that and make sure that there's at least one or two things that all three of us can talk about. Um, this week's Supervan... Fellow named Harley Jones, aka Uncle Jonesy, stalwart of uh, super fandom, and he has chosen the topic of 2004 Boston Red Sox. Has Harley never been on the show before? Nope, I double checked. Um, but yeah, we often say, Joe, that we want people to kind of think out the box. We don't just want movies and yeah. TV shows as specialist subjects. The 04 Red Sox, that's a fun one. It is a look. I, look, I'm not exactly a sports guy, and uh, the 2004 Red Sox are actually the team that made me stop what little sports I watched back then because I was a Yankees fan and I did watch Yankees baseball. And uh, I don't know if you remember this, but in 2004, the Yankees were beating the Red Sox in the ALCS three games to none, and the Red Sox came back and won four straight. And knocked the Yankees out of the playoffs. And I literally, that was the last time I ever watched sports. I quit. With any, I'm out. No more yeah, sports. Yeah, I was like, I'm done. Uh, because there was that thing called the, uh, the the curse of the Bambino. And when they broke the curse, baseball wasn't interesting to me anymore. I was like, yeah, who cares? Yeah. Uh, talking of sport, I'm sure you saw the announcement last week that PokerStars has done this partnership with Red Bull Racing. Now, look, What does it mean? Well, look, I don't follow <laughs> Formula One. I'm not the world's biggest Formula One fan, and I'm not going to pretend I know anything about it. But I do know that uh, Max Verstappen, the world champion, drives for Red Bull Racing. They are a Formula One team. This is a pretty big deal. This is pretty something really cool to be associated with. I had to look it up, right? As I said, not my thing, Formula One. And I thought that all the teams were actually, you know, Car companies, Ferrari, Aston Martin, um, 
This is the team that used to be Ford, was bought by Red Bull in 2004, is now called Red Bull Racing, is clearly one of the biggest teams, has the world champion on its roster, and is now partnered with Stars. So I'm actually really excited about this. Uh, you know, I, it's very easy for these kind of associations, these sponsorship deals to get done and be kind of like, you know, yeah, whatever. Yeah. But this one, I think, makes a lot of sense. This is really smart marketing, in my opinion. It makes a lot of sense to me, but I guess, you know, of course, I'm always looking through it in, with the lens of like, how does this affect Joe Stapleton? And every time there's these partnerships, I have yet to be sent to any sort of event having to do with any of these things. So it would be cool, James, if we like got to go to one of these races, huh? Wouldn't that be cool? I don't think the people signing these probably not inexpensive contracts are thinking about you and what you get out of it. First of all, they should be. Second of all, you you hit the nail on the head, James. Not inexpensive. So sending me and you to go stand around and eat some shrimp while people race around <laughs> Monaco, it's like a drop in the bucket. Come on, let's go. It shouldn't be that hard. Um, segueing into something else, which I thought was fantastic marketing. And it was something I saw on Twitter because you retweeted it and it's yeah. done the round since, and it's gone majorly viral. And it's this video of so this woman good. doing a kind of advertorial report on a ski resort. And seemingly nobody noticed that there is someone struggling to walk down the steps behind her who is basically distracting and grabbing the, the, the viewer's <laughs> entire attention as they slip and slide. And then just when you think they're on their feet, fall over again just before they disappear out of frame. And look, I have a theory on this. Do I think it was a setup? No. Do I think that this was genuinely someone having problems in the background? Yes. Do I think the people making that video didn't spot it? Of course not. How better to get your message out there? How better to get this video shared by a million and one people to use that particular take? Very smart marketing on their part. Okay, I do agree that as far as like getting it spread, it is smart marketing. I think as far as like making skiing look just as unappealing as it actually is, bad marketing. Like I watched that person struggle to walk down. First of all, I was crying, like absolutely tears streaming down my face watching that which doesn't happen a lot right like we all over exaggerate our lols and our ha ha ha's like i was genuinely like shaking with laughter however it reminded me how much i fucking hate skiing and how annoying it is and how miserable you can be when you're having a day like that and you just like can't walk around in the skis so i'm not sure it's a great advertisement for skiing. However, a lot of people did see that resort's video. Yes, and I would say I had the complete opposite reaction because it reminded me of the fact that I haven't had the opportunity to go skiing since 2019, and it uh. really made me want to be somewhere like that in the world, enjoying that particular activity. James, if you can't, I mean, look, if you can't go skiing, there's NFTs at least, buddy. You oh, can still. Please. I, can still I, I'm really going to struggle to get on board with this. You know that. And again, I know I just sound old and irrelevant as per usual, but no, I'm more than happy to spend money on trivial crap, but I need to actually have it physically in my hand. I, I understand that that sentiment. I, one thing that when I lived in England with you guys was that my apartment was so small, so I just couldn't collect crap 
uh, as much as I would have liked to. So I do see as like in the future when we all probably live in fucking shoeboxes because no one can afford a house anymore, having digital collectibles making sense. Anyway, there's a new NBA top shot on the scene and there's a it's for UFC now. There's the same thing for UFC, and I would be expecting. I'm surprised the NFL uh, isn't the next one to fall, but I bet NFL is going to be next. So I I spent some time over the weekend in a digital line buying digital cards of UFC that I didn't even open. Didn't even open them because, you know, you got to keep those packs pristine. I don't want anything to happen to them. Uh, James, I know that um, the the movie TV roundup is next week, but we're going to knock out something now. I feel like. Okay. The Book of Boba Fett. I really don't want to have a rant right now. I'm just... (laughs) No, I think I said on the stream when we were doing our Sunday Million broadcast on Monday that I just think it's the worst thing that's been produced since Disney bought Lucasfilm. Would you rank it below any of the prequels? It's probably on the same level as the prequels. Arguably... Yeah, because the prequels did a lot to destroy a lot of the stuff that I liked about the original movies. And this does the same thing uh, by taking the most enigmatic, mysterious character and trying to make him the star of the show and giving him empathy and a personality, a love of animals, and plus a load of supporting characters and stupid robots that just make me so angry that I actually quit watching episode four midway through. I was so pissed off with it. I'm like, nah. I will get around to finishing episode four and I'll watch the latest episode, which I'm hoping might move things in the right direction. But right here, right now, I think this is one of the worst things under the Star Wars banner that I've ever seen. It's worse than Solo. It's kind of on the level of that Ewok TV movie where I, you're just like, this is really unnecessary and weird. can honestly say that I think the Boba Fett segment in the Star Wars Holiday Special is better than this Boba Fett show. (laughs) All right, so we're going to skip that. But just a reminder, folks, for stuff we're going to try to touch on next week. If you, uh, I really want to talk about if uh, if these guys have seen it, we'll see. But the French Dispatch is on my list. The Puppet Master, which is a a Netflix documentary, which is just incredible. Macbeth I watched a little bit of on Apple TV. How to a John Wilson is I know something Sam Greenwood wants to talk about as well as the TV show Search Party. So if you guys want to weigh in on the Discord between now and then with like a little snippet, we can uh, include your reviews as well. So I've already stated Hawkeye and Book of Boba Fett on Disney Plus are two TV shows that we'll definitely discuss. Don't look cool. up on Netflix. Power of the Dog on Netflix. Yes. Um, I researched this how-to with John Wilson, Joe, and I got the following result. It is not available to stream, download, or buy anywhere in the United Kingdom. That sucks. You'll get it eventually. All right, we'll try to keep that chat brief then. Um, just if we could talk about poker for a second. Absolutely. I- I attended my first live home game in however long it's been. You know, I've been to a couple casinos or whatever. You'd think the home game would have come first, uh, but it took a while to get us all on the same page. And I, I'm happy to report that uh, I, I ran reasonably well. I left with a profit. <clears throat> um, I was playing with someone that you guys may know named Maria Ho, and Maria was having a really awful night. It was like we had, did like a body switching movie. Um, and she just like none of her hands were holding up and she was really frustrated and actually quite on tilt um, for Maria. I mean, it was like a happy tilt, but was in a really bad mood. Um, 
to the point where I think she was down to like I think she bought him for two hundred and she was down to like a hundred and fifteen and she made it fifteen pre flop in a one two game. And I had ace king suited, and I was just like, I was to her immediate left, and I made it 115. Like, I just put her all in. And she goes, look, I have a really bad hand, but can I? Can we run it twice? And I go, sure. So I have ace king suited, ace king at club. She calls me with seven, eight of hearts. Uh, she wins the first run out. She wins the second run out. Uh, and then I said, and everyone's like laughing hysterically because this is very classic need to like not be able to even win one of two runouts when I'm a, a favorite. And so we asked the dealer if he would continue running it until I won one. And I won the fifth runout. So, oh my God. You ran ace king against eight seven four times and ace king didn't win once. Five times. Yes. And I won on the fifth time. Correct. Wow. <laughs> But as you said, things then turn around, right? So she has a torrid time at the tables. You do do okay. So it is kind of like a Freaky Friday reboot, but set around the world of poker. Correct. Yeah. Like I ended up leaving up $100. And um, well, I was up like 120 but I tipped the dealer 20 And then I walked with 100 profit. I filled up my car with some gas. That was 80 and then, uh, th- then there was a, like a homeless guy who had a gas can and asked if I'd buy him some gas. And I was like, Sure, buddy. Here you go. Here's 20 bucks. So I, I, my profit was spent before I even got home. At least the homeless guy can now put some gas inside his Lamborghini. Um, right. Oh, yeah. That'd be hilarious. While we're talking about live poker, um, I don't know if you saw, Joe, but Sam Pye on Discord has asked for a ruling. So in the next few weeks, we will bring back cool. that segment of the show where judges James and Joe provide a ruling on something controversial from a real-life poker situation. Uh, by the way... We always talk about it on this show. If you want to join the conversation, if you have any feedback on the show, any suggestions, uh, if you want to be a super fan, check out our Discord channels. They are on the Pokestars Discord server, and the link is in the podcast description. I guess the other thing that I should highlight, and I naively assume that everyone who listens to this podcast knows by now that we stream on Twitch and YouTube every single Monday night, but then we do those streams on a Monday night, and there's always people like, Why did no one tell me you were doing this? How long have you been doing this? And so it is worth reiterating that on a Monday night, and normally it's day two of the Sunday Million, but sometimes it'll be the main event of whatever online series is running on stars at the moment. uh, We will stream for five or six hours, cards up coverage. And normally we're joined by the Maria, Griffin, Nick Walsh, other Pokestars ambassadors join us as well. And it's quite a kind of laid back, relaxed little party we have yeah it's fun it's a fun day we um we kind of fade in and out of being super focused on the poker depending on what's going on you know sometimes when there's 80 players left uh there isn't tons of action and yeah it's a good mix and depending on who's in the booth we'll get some nerd talk if griffin's in there if maria's in there we get to hear a little bit about the fast-paced lifestyle she lives it's uh I always describe it when I'm shilling for it as like come hang. And then by yeah. the time we get to like, you know, a final table, we 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 knuckle down and get some real real analysis going. I again I know I speak from a position of bias and it almost sounds like we're tooting our own horn, but I do think they're fun streams. So uh 
1.30 Eastern, 6.30 UK time, 7.30 Central European time is when we kick off those streams on the Pokestars Twitch and YouTube channels. Um, they did announce, Joe, the 50-50 series, which starts this weekend. If you're not familiar with that format, it's 50 MTTs all with a $50 buy-in. So that does mean things are going to be slightly different for the next two weeks. This Sunday's Sunday Million is a half-price edition because it'll be 50 bucks, mm -hmm. And then the following weekend will be the 50-50 series main event, which will replace the Sunday Million probably that weekend. And so we'll stream day Day two of that the following Monday. Of course, coming up in March will be the 16th anniversary of the Sunday Million. Just quickly did the mathematics in my head. Started in 2006. So 2022 will be the 16th anniversary. Always a special edition of the Sunday Million whenever it's an anniversary uh, week. And that means a three-day event with a $10 million guarantee. It is a big one. It does mean that the buy-in will be the old school Sunday Million buy-in of $215. I imagine there'll be plenty of opportunities to win tickets and qualify in the coming weeks and months. But that is on Sunday, the 20th of March. Because it's a three-day event, our Monday night stream will be on a Tuesday. So Tuesday, the 22nd is when we'll stream that one. And I still have very strong memories, Joe, of last year's anniversary where we watched Vanessa Cade really demolished the opposition as she made it to the final table and went on to win a first prize of more than 1.5 million. Yeah, that's hard to forget. Hard to forget somebody winning $1.5 million and getting her on the podcast, I believe, either the next day or the day after that, which was pretty cool too, getting to talk to the winner that close, hot on the heels yeah. of a huge score. Uh, right now, we're going to introduce this week's guest. Now, if you watched poker on TV in the early 2000s, you might remember a Yale student with massive hair who won the United States Poker Championship and came second at WPT Foxwoods. Both those things happened in 2006. He went on to make four WSOP final tables before leaving poker behind to compete on the game show Jeopardy. After winning six games and the Tournament of Champions, he became a legit celebrity in the USA. As you alluded to earlier, Joe, this guy went proper mainstream and we are thrilled to have him on our podcast. Alex Jacob, welcome to Poker in the Ears. Hey, thank you. Thank you for having me, guys. Great to be here. Alex, which jokes have you had to endure more of in your career? Big hair jokes or Jeopardy jokes now? <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, that's a good question. Yeah, I was definitely front loaded with the hair and now it's uh, more more of the Jeopardy stuff. But uh, I think uh, I, I think Jeopardy might have overtaken it at this point. This point. Yeah. Oh, you've done the, the correct thing of just leaning into the Jeopardy stuff with the Twitter handle, who is Alex Jacob. And that's 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 pretty cool. I think that when every once in a while someone on Twitter will think they're clever by like replying to a celebrity or to someone like me or you and go, who is Joe Stapleton? And you're like, I'm just going to get right. out in front of that. <laughs> it's in the handle. Yeah. Well, don't worry. I still get that uh, every, every once in a while. Uh, obviously, you're going to get oh, uh, gross. People are awful. No, no, uh, no, you're gonna, everyone's going to get a uh, small amount of haters, uh, no matter who so, you are. Obviously, I know about your accomplishments on Jeopardy, Alex. I know the show very well. Joe did ask me at the start cool. of the podcast today, how well known is Jeopardy in the UK? And here's the weird thing. There are many American formats that have been obviously made across the world. 
in the UK, there have been like three attempts, I think, to make like a local version of Jeopardy, and it's never really worked. Right. And my theory is this. In America, you have game shows. Here, we have kind of two different tiers. We have game shows, like The Price is Right, and then we have quiz shows. And there are a lot of quiz shows on UK TV that are more about intelligence, more about ans- about general knowledge than they are necessarily about just spinning a wheel to win a huge ton of prizes. Um who wants to be a millionaire, for example, the weakest link. These are all UK formats that then got shipped across the seas. So I guess maybe it was already a crowded market, whereas in the US, Jeopardy probably is the one that stands out as the one where people actually have to know shit rather than just get lucky. Yeah, I mean, that all sounds right. I mean, it's definitely a different culture over there in the UK from what I know. Um, it, it feels like the... Uh, the quiz show, the quiz, the, the quizzer is uh, celebrated a lot more over there. You know, I mean, now, now we have the chase over here, but that was originally a UK show yeah. where kind of the uh, the quizzers, the uh, the quiz, the, the the trivia geniuses were kind of put uh, front and center, and um, you know, uh, uh, pub quizzing uh, is you know, bar trivia is big in the US, but it's always been bigger in the UK, and yeah. uh, I feel like it's always been a bigger thing over there, but I, I, maybe we're getting back there, especially this year. I feel like Jeopardy is, is really having a, a resurgence with, uh, with, with some really, uh, you know, notable long running champions playing. So, um, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe we're, we're heading in that direction. I mean, I don't know if, you know, uh, the, I tweeted a reference to this recently, the, the, the U S the, the scandal, like on the movie in the movie quiz show. I don't know if that kind of stunted the growth of, uh, of quiz shows in the U S and kind of, and kind of made that kind of spooked everyone on the, uh, on the idea of, uh, someone winning a bunch of money, uh, on, uh, some trivia smarts, uh, when, was that like one, when that the was the original rigged, ultimate bet scandal. <laughs> right, Bloody right. cheating Ray fines who ruined it for everyone. So, all right, we're going to jump around in time a little bit, Alex. Right, I want to find out, like, in the present, what is your current relationship with poker? Are you totally out? Do you play occasionally? What's what's the deal there? Yeah, I play occasionally. I fire up the, you know, the online uh, every once in a while. And uh, obviously with... Um, with things as they are now, I haven't played uh, live poker in, uh, in in quite some time, and and and, and I don't know when um, my timetable would be for for going back to that. I guess uh, that's hard to say, but um, yeah, I wouldn't say I'm completely out. I'm um, you know I'm mostly out. I'm obviously not uh, you know traveling to the tournaments like I used to. That was a long time ago, and um, I you know I, I I still love the game. I mean uh, I think. Um, uh, you know, way back when I kind of lost the love of it a, a little bit and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of getting back there, but, uh, it, yeah, I, I guess, I guess, I guess mostly out, but not, uh, not, you know, they always, uh, they always find a way to pull you back in. Right. Did, yeah. Did, did that loss of love of it coincide with discovering this, you know, second life of being a, a, a game show slash trivia person? Um, I wouldn't say so. I mean, I, I think um, I've always like loved trivia and uh, it just, um, I think it, 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 it just one day I was kind of like, you know, let's, let's try this. Let's see if I can, it, it, you know, I kind of realized it was all 
out there and, and, and doable um, to kind of learn this stuff and, and, and get on the show. And it was kind of like a, you know, a show I'd always watch, you know, with my mom and, you know, she was always answering questions and I, you know, I always wanted to, you know, know more and, and be able to impress her, you know, and, and, and maybe it all stems from that in, in some way. But um, yeah, I wouldn't say it was, you know, it wasn't like the, the distracted boyfriend meme where you like, where it's like poker is the girl to your right. And that <laughs> over here is you looking at Jeopardy. Um, it wasn't right. quite like that. Well, right. I mean, uh, you know, I guess you could still, you could uh, do both theoretically now, but I think, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I would say uh, my, my uh, getting out of poker and, and getting into and, and uh, getting on Jeopardy are kind of, are kind of unrelated, but uh, you know, I mean, when I mentioned some of the success you had at live poker, like the U.S. National uh-huh. Championship, that WPT final table at Foxwoods, that was in 2006. They were TV events, and that was at the height of the poker boom. Did you find that people were recognizing you? And how did that compare to if you then fast forward 10 years where you're appearing multiple times on Jeopardy? Yeah, it's well, it's, um, I would say uh, definitely, you know, at poker tournaments, in casinos, um, you know, back then recognized a lot, a lot and, and probably more, you know, if you would compare just the casino experience versus just like public life, right. Jeopardy, obviously I've recognized the casino way, uh, way more than I am for Jeopardy, but, um, you know, I would get recognized for Jeopardy and have sometimes in kind of mainstream and probably more for that than poker, I would say. So it's kind of, you get recognized a little more as far as the mainstream, but it, I mean, you know, uh, the level of, 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 of the way I was getting recognized in, in casinos is definitely more, I'd say. So I remember back in the day um, when you were a very successful poker player and winning a bunch of stuff that people automatically sort of, and we were in our 20s at the time, so we all thought we were experts on everything <laughs> having to do uh, with sure. poker. I remember you sure. and I got into some kind of weird argument on two plus two. Work. <laughs> sure. I don't remember what it was, but I do remember that I was such an asshole back then and thought I knew everything about the world. So, you know, we, we were, all were, we all were right. And we were like <laughs> assumed experts about poker. And then now you're, you're sort of one at jeopardy. And now you're like, looked as like a thought leader, uh, sort of in trivia circles. You've kind oh, of, well, you've you. kind of leaned into that too. Which of those, sort of roles do you enjoy more hmm, you mean, uh, enjoy more in terms of uh kind of the status of it uh, the status or just... and or is just like as a lifestyle right like I, all i know of you is what i see on social media <laughs> and you do seem to have leaned into you know trivia being like a big part of your life or or whatever i don't know the yeah like i don't want to sure. yeah whatever the political correct term for <laughs> trivia is um, and I'm just wondering, like, you know, from when you were a thought leader in the poker world to being sort of a thought leader uh, in the trivia scene, like, which one of those, like, more feels like you? Hmm. That's a good question. Uh, I mean, uh, possibly, see, even me dithering over this answer makes me uh, uh, say that the that, that Jeopardy is probably more in my lane, like... Uh, for a poker player, I would say I'm maybe a bit of an indecisive person, and uh, you know, maybe uh, you know I'm not. I, I do have uh, you know I, I'm willing to 
gamble and put it on the line, obviously, and you need that for being a poker player. But there are some aspects uh, of being a, a poker player that, uh, that, that maybe don't fit as well with my personality. And uh, I've always been good at just remembering facts and numbers and, uh, and, uh, and, you know, dates and, 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 and things and names. And, um, yeah, it just, I always just felt that I would be, uh, good at that. You know, I don't know about, uh, being a thought leader, you know, it's kind of a grandiose term, uh, for, you know, in, in either, in either sense, but I'm just kind of, you know, uh, I guess I'm just kind of, uh, out there on Twitter, kind of just like calling it like I see it. And in terms, you know, in terms of leaning into more of uh, the uh, Jeopardy, you know, commenting more on Jeopardy these days in poker, I guess it's sure. just because I feel like I'm more relevant to that world um, at, at, at this point in my life. And, uh, you know, I, I get into the, the poker streets every, every once in a while. Um, but, but uh, you know, I'm not. It's not as much my world anymore, I guess. And I, I guess I don't feel as much of a relevant commentator there. Now, Joe said we were going to dance around chronologically. If we rewind the clock, 15, 16 years, I'm assuming this was not the plan to be a professional poker player and then go on to become a Jeopardy champion. When you first went to Yale, was there a plan, or was it a case of let's just see where this takes me? Uh, well, when I first went to, I mean, yeah, I guess it's like a lot of college students, you know, you're not exactly sure what you're going to do. I guess I did have, you know, like an econ major, you know, I guess the theoretical plan was to be like an investment banker or something in, in that lane. Um, but it just, I just never really, um, uh, you know, it never really interests me too much. And um, I, I got into um, trading later, you know. And, and that was a little more interesting, but, um, yeah, you know, obviously I, I fell into poker in college. And I, I mean, not really fell into it, but I got, I, you know, started playing a lot and then playing, online and playing in tournaments and, and, um, you know, obviously the, the goal from that point was to, you know, just be a, a crusher, uh, uh, forever, but, um, you know, you don't always get, get what you want, I guess. So, uh, we kind of chatted slightly before the show started and you said you're you're start you're starting on your third life now. I assume one was poker, two was Jeopardy. What is your current life like? Like I assume that you can only ride the Jeopardy train so far, or can you? Like what what's going on? What's your current life like? Yeah, you know, you I mean as far as Jeopardy, you never know. I mean, um obviously they had they had the uh they had an all stars tournament a couple years ago that I was on. And, you know, who knows if they'll do something else in the next however many years. But obviously that's not, you know, you can't like count on that. Um, I do have, uh, I'm just uh, launching a, a, a trivia newsletter, kind of a trivia league, actually. You know, you could, uh, it's uh, five trivia questions comes to your email uh, Monday through Friday. And, uh, you know, you could just read it as a newsletter or um, there's a link to fill out your answers and I score it and everything. And, um, so that's going good so far. We started with, um, a little over a hundred people and, uh, starting, you know, got to start somewhere. So, um, um, check it, check out, uh, <laughs> didn't mean to get into a plug here. No, but, please. Uh, no, I, I, that's part of the reason I wanted to have you. Sorry. I just talked over your plug though. Go ahead one more time. No, 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 no. Yeah. I mean, you can go to find me on Twitter. Who is Alex Jacob? And it's in the links in my bio or uh, schooloftrivia.com. We'll take you there. It's called school of trivia. 
So uh, kind of a play on like a, a school of rock or whatever. But um, so I've interviewed tons of poker champions over the years people have just won massive amounts of money a lot of the times it's not as big as it seems because they have backers whatever and a lot of times their answers aren't very exciting because they're just going to put the money back in their bankroll and hop in the next tournament that's starting and in fact if i could let them go that would be great because they want to play right now um in your case in jeopardy there's no like bankroll to put your money back into so what what happened with that money is that just what you've been using for life or was there anything um, fun that you did? What was it like right afterward and having that once you got that money in hand? Uh, I mean, there, you know, there's a house involved. I mean, uh, we did uh, basically take a year and just, uh, just like basically go on a bunch of vacations, mostly cruises. We're yes. a big fan of cruises, which is kind of a bummer. now these days, you know, it was obviously right before, uh, all, all the bad times, but, um, uh, we got in, all, got on a bunch of cruises. So that's, that's good. Hopefully, uh, one day, uh, sorry, I don't mean to bring up bad things. <laughs> no, I mean, it, we, we can't escape the reality of where we're at <laughs> no, right now yeah. in the world. That's for sure. I mean, we, we've mentioned already that, you know, this is a huge TV show and you became kind of like a, a mainstream name as it were did that give you any other opportunities were you like opening used car dealerships were you invited to make kind of appearances anywhere uh yeah here and there i mean i mean not like you know not like you're saying i mean i've kind of you know i've kind of uh promoted some you know products here and there's some trivia you know apps and stuff like that and i've been work, you know worked on some trivia startups so some of them didn't uh, go anywhere you know some things here and there but you know i wouldn't say i'm necessarily a mainstream name you know uh, you know unfortunately but uh you know i, I appreciate i appreciate that but uh I, I would say uh you know i i fell a little short of that kind of level like if i had gone on the kind of run that like some of these people like you're seeing go on like maybe like the kind of things you're talking about but uh you know being realistic i'm not you know i'm not really that much of a uh, known name i would say were you at all invested in any of the jeopardy drama that's you know it seems like the last couple of years people have really been into their jeopardy drama regarding hosts regarding executive producers um did you have particularly sure. st strong feelings about any of that while it was going on um yeah well i guess the host kind of thing is kind of still uh unsettled i mean i guess it's maybe trending towards um i mean it's been ken and Brian bialik for a while and i guess it'll be one or a combination of of those people but um I, I did. I was riding for my, my, my boy, uh, Buzzy Cohen, who's my uh, teammate in the All-Stars tournament. He hosted the Tournament of Champions, and I kind of had a little campaign going for him. But um, as far, you know, I, I, I never met um, Mike Richards, you know, the uh, producer who was briefly the host, who is now neither of those things. Yeah. And um, so I don't, you know, uh, obviously he seems, you know, seems like it's good that he's not those things anymore i don't uh but I, I i don't know them well i can tell you alex there's a new format heading your way because it started in the uk and it's being exported to the us called the wheel it involves trivia it involves celebrity and it involves a wheel of fortune it has everything going for it and actually 
it's a really smart format and it's really extraordinarily good fun. So uh, I think it's going to go down really well in the States when you eventually get it. Oh, nice. I wasn't sure if that was like a setup for a joke or if that was like a real thing. But yeah, no, it's cool. more a setup for the fact that I think Joe has a game for you that's about games. That's correct. Okay, great. I'm, call- I'm calling this trivia game. It's called Game of Shones. Uh, you think you know trivia? You think you know game shows? Well, let's see how you fare with some trivia about game shows. All right. These are all multiple choice questions. I always do multiple choice because most of the people we have on are really terrible at trivia and like need their hands held. You may not need the choices, but I will stop me if you don't because I don't want to. I want to give you the chance to show off. But if you do, I'll just continue on unless you stop me. Question number one, the game show format we know as Family Feud exists in the United Kingdom under what name? Is it? Um, okay. I have a guess, but I'll let you I'll let you read it. Is it Family Fortunes, Family Row, Family Duel, or Family Matters? Yeah, no, I don't. I, that was not what I was thinking of. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad I did not try to say it before, you, before the choice. <laughs> Um, uh, what sounds more British? She said fortunes, duel, row. I mean, family matters. That's got to be just like a joke one you put in there for me, I'm guessing. Uh, so would it be a row? Doesn't seem like I'm, I'm between duel and what was the other one besides duel? Fortunes, duel and fortunes. fortunes. Family fortunes, family duel. I'm going to go with Fortunes. Family wow. Fortunes is correct. This is a weird one where you think it would be the other way around, right? Where the Americans would be like, celebrate the fact that your family can win a fortunes and the UK would be, you know, have a feud, have a battle with another family. But no, it's flip reverse it. UK, positivity. America, fight. But ultimately, a good deductive reasoning yeah. lesson from Alex Jacob. All right, well done, Alex. Question number two. In 2008, Terry Knice was accused of cheating on The Price is Right for guessing the exact price of his showcase in the Showcase Showdown. On The Price is Right, how close does your guess have to be in order to win both showcases? Is it $100? Is it $200? Is it two hundred and fifty dollars? But I'm going with one hundred. You're going with one hundred? Yeah. Is it two hundred and fifty dollars? Is the uh, is how close you have oh. to get to win it was both two fifty? Oh. I-, I need to know how did this guy know the exact price of the showcase in the showcase showdown? Alex, do you know this story? Well, yeah, there's like a documentary about it, right? So I think the, the story is there's like supposed to be some guy who is just like a, 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 a Price is Right, like super fan or who's like memorized all the prices basically. And like he was right. like, he like goes to the show every day and like basically shouts out and tries to help people. And this guy like listens to it and then like got the exact right answer. I think that's that's what's supposed that's, to be. Yeah. That's more or less it, except the guy contends that all he knew was 23,000 and the last three digits, which he got right, he just oh, sort okay. of chose at random and it happened to that's be right. the right three digits. That's right, right. 
Question number three. Which former child star sits at number 18 on the all-time game show winning list with 1.076 million in winnings? Is it Maya Bialik, Melissa Joan Hart, Danica McKellar, or Gary Coleman? Well, I mean, uh, I yeah, I think... Um... We're, I'm assuming we're counting like charity wins, right? Correct. So I think Melissa Joan Hart won, won on Wheel of Fortune, won like a million dollars. So yeah, that's her, right? That is correct. Melissa Joan Hart won a million on Wheel of Fortune, 25K on Family Feud, 10,000 on Jeopardy, and $1,300 on a little show called Nick Arcade. Oh, nice. James, I don't know if you ever saw Nick Arcade, but it was a children's show from like the 90s where you were a video game character and you they, you would pretend like you were in a video game, but it was really you on a green screen, like watching fireballs be shot at you. It was awful. It sounds awful and awesome in equal measure. Correct. Uh, question number four, the Pepsi play for a billion contest started with codes printed on soda products and ended with a live TV show where 1,000 contestants had a very, very, very small shot at a billion dollars. Now, the mechanic is a little too tedious to get into here, but by which method did they ensure the winning numbers would be selected at random? Was it by using an air mix machine, by using a gravity pick machine, by using a chimpanzee drawing balls from a bag, or did they use the same shit Joker Stars uses? I really hope it's the chimpanzee. Please tell me. Please tell me they hired a chimpanzee. Wow, so I've never heard of this. I don't remember this. What, what, this what did you say when this was? This was from the early 2000s on the WB. Oh, okay. Uh, hosted by Drew Carey, did it once, and I th- I forget who they did it one other time, but this is from oh, the it was Drew like Carey. a whole TV show for it. It was a whole like special, wow. like it was like this this marketing campaign by Pepsi, and then they did like a two or three hour special where they're like someone could win a billion dollars, someone's guaranteed to win a million, but if they hit like basically like the lottery perfectly, it was a billion. Okay, so someone won a million dollars. Um, so uh, I'm sorry, so. Wow. Uh, we've so, got the, so it's the air, air mix, mix machine, machine or gravity pick else? machine. The gravity pick machine. A chimpanzee drawing balls from a bag and the same shit Joker Stars uses. Okay. I think I can rule out the Joker Stars option. Would you make up the thing about the chimpan- chimpanzee? I'm trying to think if it's stupid to pick that or if that's the one I should pick. It it's, could go either way. It's the answer I want it to be. I fear it yeah, can't right? possibly be true, but I really, really want it to be a thing. It almost seems like if that's right, it's definitely that. But if the other one, it's like a, just it's a random guess between air pick and, or what is it, air mix or gravity pick. All right. It's, it can't be right, but I'm going with the chimpanzee. Chimpanzee is correct. They did have a chimpanzee right. drawing <laughs> balls. It is amazing. Good on you. I mean, that is a bold decision. Oh, well, thank you. Well done. Well done. Question number five. Seven questions total. Question number five. Here we go. Speaking of poker stars, in 2009, Mike Wazowski won a million dollars on the Poker Stars primetime game show Million Dollar Challenge. (laughs) Sorry, the reason I'm I'm 
The reason I'm laughing here is that Mike Wazowski is the character voiced by Billy Crystal on Monsters, Inc. Mike Kazowski is the guy who won a million dollars on the Million Dollar Challenge. The K and the W are nowhere near each other. I can't even blame that on like an actual typo. Fuck. Okay. Mike Kazowski won a million dollars on the PokerStars primetime game show Million Dollar Challenge. What was Mike's profession? Was he... A 9-11 first responder, a special education teacher, a hospice worker, or was he a trust fund millionaire? I like how you've adopted the kind of the who wants to be a millionaire format of like the last choice. It's just kind of like a joke, <laughs> throwaway choice. So it kind of make, it makes my odds a little better here. It's um, the only way I can make the game entertaining when people really suck at it is to have a funny choice in there once in a while. <laughs> Well, fair enough. Okay, so uh, you said the hospice worker, 9-11, they're all kind of noble. Um, okay, let's go with, I think he was a hospice worker. Hospice worker is incorrect. Mike Kazowski ah. was a 9-11 first responder. Oh, he was. All right. Really, really cool moment if you've never seen it. It's, it's, it's quite fun to watch. Uh, question number six. Six of seven. The NBC produced Slip and Slide game show halted production in June 2021 as a result of what? Was it COVID-19, explosive diarrhea, oh. an explosive lawsuit, or one fucking rock? <laughs> shit. One fucking rock kept fucking everyone's shit up. James, I don't know if you've ever ridden a slip and slide, but uh -huh. if there was one rock in your yard, that was it. You're fucking, you're, you were just going to go home bloody. What is a slip and slide? It is basically a plastic tarp that you lay down in your front lawn and you hose it down with water and you run and you slide along it. But if like the person didn't check their yard first and there was like a rock under there, you would just come up with like a gash on your stomach right. or your leg or whatever. Uh, I mean, all I would say here is what you've just described to me, my brain is focusing on explosive lawsuit because this sounds like a health and safety <laughs> disaster zone. Yeah, well, it's going to be hard. It's, it's, it's hard pressed to pick something else besides that. I mean, explosive diarrhea. <laughs> it's hard to imagine that would be the reason. I, I guess I have to go with explosive lawsuit here, huh? Uh, yeah, I guess I'll pick that one. You were half right. Explosive is correct, but it was explosive <gasps> diarrhea. Oh, it is. Hundreds oh, of people on no. the staff and crew came down with something called Giardia, uh, which is actually transferred via water. And so... I do, there were no actual images of it being uh, diarrhea all over the slip and slide. However, uh, that was the official reason was people I mean, had too much diarrhea. And the, the show never went back into production either. I mean, here's the thing, right? A TV show in production in June of 2021 is going to have all the COVID protocols, but they didn't plan for someone getting the shits. That's right. <laughs> all right. Final question here. Man, I should have. I should have known. I should have known that. I, I, I should have known that you would not have. You would not have made that up. I probably not. Right? Probably. <laughs> I would have been like, "Oh, this is too." E I can't believe I didn't have heard about that it's, story. It's, we've Sorry. had two now: the chimpanzee and the diarrhea. Both real answers. It's incredible. Final question here for who is Alex Jacob? Chuck Barris 
the enigmatic producer of such classic game shows as The Gong Show and The Newlywed Game. However, Chuck ripped off the Newlywed Game format by creating another game show called Three's a Crowd, in which he tests the knowledge between a man, his wife, and the man's mother-in-law. Sorry, this supposed to be the man's mother, not the man's mother-in-law, excuse me. The man's mother, the man's best friend, the man's secretary, or John Ritter. All right. Well, mother, best friend. I mean, let's see. Well, I hate to game the system here, but might be a tell. The fact that you said mother-in-law, but then you felt like you had to change it to mother. I'm thinking if that was a fake answer, you might have just let it go because it wouldn't matter. But it's the real answer, so you had to correct it. Going mother. Three's a Crowd is a game show in which a man is tested to see who knows him better between his wife and his secretary. <laughs> of course. Ah, you got me the false oh, wow. I didn't mean, I mean I didn't mean to get you with that. That's I just realized amazing. mother in law <laughs> made no sense. That's it was, amazing. I didn't mean, How? I meant the, the no, wife's mother. It, it could have been I knew it could have been a mistake. Alex, you played it perfectly. Your logic was sound, but you you the gamer got gamed. Um what decade was this show? Please tell me it was no later than like nineteen sixty three. I think it was in the 70s, but I can't say for sure. But apparently, and having read up on it, that like the newlywed game was like wink, wink, nudge, nudge, like sort of sexual. And then this game was just like straight up like, would you fuck your secretary? Basically, it was like a question that came up regularly. So, um, yeah, I was shocked to learn of that show's existence myself. Uh, Alex, I hope you learned something here today. <laughs> yeah, I learned a lot. I was like, you, you uh, I, I thought I knew more about game shows, but clearly I, I don't. Well, I, I also love trivia a lot, so I will be signing up for your newsletter and I look forward to uh, I appreciate that, man. Yeah, to, to duking love, it out in the trivia streets sometime soon. Alex, thanks so much for coming on the show. We thank really you. appreciate it. And thank you guys for having me. It's really fun. All right, Joseph's babies, it is time for Uncle Daddy to face off against Uncle Jonesy as we welcome Harley Jones, this week's super fan. How are you doing, sir? Doing well, guys. I'm so excited to be here. Uh, I've I've kind of balked at uh, signing up for Superfan versus Stapes uh, for a little while, but now we're here and now we're going to get it done. And Joe, I'm going to absolutely destroy you. Love yeah. it. Yeah, Love I think it. that's yeah, I think that's probably accurate. I mean, sports not the best, uh, not the most. First of all, I can't form a sentence. Second of all, uh, sports not my favorite thing in the world. Boston Rod- Red Sox, one of my least favorite things in the world. The only thing I got going for me is that I kind of did spend a lot of time around Fenway Park in this era. I graduated college in 2002. However, uh, in the few years leading up to that, I lived across the street from Fenway Park and would go to games all the time uh, because there wasn't a lot to do. I was underage. I couldn't drink, stuff like that. So I I did see a fair few Red Sox games. However, I was a Yankee fan, and um, I used to uh, think it was like, kind of funny to like get taunted by Red Sox fans until one time 
I was at uh, Fenway Park during a uh, a playoff game, and they had handed out these signs ahead of time. Some of them said "We believe." And the other one said, reverse the curse. And I combined two of them to say, believe the curse. And a guy leaned back, leaned forward from about three rows back and punched me in the back of the head. That's and not cool. I have no recollection of the rest of that baseball game. So, um, but I did have some good ties at Fenway Park. Is the point. <laughs> that just wasn't one of them. Uh, at the start of the show, Harley, Joe questioned why you'd never been on the show before. You just explained that up until now, you've never pulled the trigger on applying. As someone who is genuinely a super fan, because we see you around all the time whenever we're streaming, did you pick this because you know it would be an extra needle? Because you know that not only is Joe not the biggest sports (laughs) fan in the world, but also when it comes to like Boston-based sports teams, that really gets his blood boiling. (laughs) I, 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 I admit freely that I am needling Joe Stapleton here. Uh, (laughs) Yes, is the short answer to your question. Look, I will allow it. I approve. (laughs) I'm fully on board for this. I'm I'm here for it. Uh, Tell us about yourself, Harley, to ask the time on the question, who is your daddy and what does he do? Uh, I'm, uh, what's the best way to put it? I'm an unpaid creative person. Uh, I'm between jobs. I'm starting a podcast soon. I'm designing a role-playing game. I'm cool. super nerdy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm a general enjoyer of games. I started playing poker during the moneymaker boom, uh, and kind of faded away from steady play after black Friday, but always stayed following the game and the people in it. Uh, and uh, I came to uh, to the Poker Stars Discord during uh, EPT Retro. What oh, wow. uh, wh- what was the last thing you were paid to do? Like, what was your last paid job? Uh, I was a call center clerk for a credit card company. Super interesting Oof. stuff. Oof. I mean, not just not interesting, but just not easy work either. No. I assume. Nah. No. There's a reason why I don't do it anymore. Making an easy living. Uh, So, Harley, are you based in the state of Massachusetts? I'm in Maine. Okay, so just down the road, but crucially not able to play real money poker on PokerStars. So we are playing for an enhanced PokerStars swag bag. You know the format of this quiz. I don't need to explain the rules. I will let you go first. Please give me a number between 1 and 10. And let's truly test Patrick's research skills this week. Yeah, uh, let's get let's lead off with number one. Begin at the beginning. You have picked a question which has a bonus attached, but we'll come to that. Assume you get the main question correct. What team did the Red Sox acquire Kurt Schilling from at the start of the season? The Arizona Diamondbacks. Correct for two points. Your bonus question: What number did he wear for the Red Sox in 2004? Just to be clear, everyone, we are talking about the 04 season. 38. 38, a full three points scored on question one. <laughs> Immediately Joe recoils. <laughs> that's uh, that's pretty impressive. Patrick, great question so far, by the way. Yeah, that, that's 10% of the questions gone. Joe, what do you want? Uh, sure, let's just take number two. Number two. Which MLB team had the best regular season record in 2004? The New York Yankees. Would you like to take the multiple choice options? (laughs) Sure. Was it the Atlanta Braves, the New York Yankees, the St. Louis Cardinals, or the Los Angeles Dodgers? I even get to take the the choices there. Uh, We'll go with the, uh, the Cardinals. 
and you do get a point. That is one mulligan, Harley. Don't worry. I think you're still going to be okay. Uh, any number other than one or two? Let's keep going down the line. Number three, sir. How many games did the Red Sox lose in the postseason? Uh, they swept the Angels. They swept the Cardinals in the World Series. They lost three games to the Yankees in the postseason, and that was it. Correct. Two points, and you have a maximum score of five right now. Joe, are we going to keep going in chronological order, or do you yeah, want to mix I mean, things well, up? I don't fucking care. Give me question 40. I don't think I'll get any of them. Who had the most home runs for the Red Sox this season? The most home runs for the Red Sox in 2004. Let's say, I'm going to go with I, let's, Johnny Damon. He was one of the four options, but there's not the correct answer. Manny Ramirez was oh, who man, I was I looking man for. Was on the team. All right. Harley, number five. Why not? How many Red Sox players were selected for the All-Star game? Mm. Oh, uh, let's see. Pedro, Poppy, Manny. I'm going to take the choices. Zero, one, three, or four. Yeah, I want to say it was three. And you would be correct. Six (laughs) points. Question six, Joe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. (laughs) A nice, easy one for you to give you two points. Okay. Please name the Red Sox Stadium. Oh, wow. Fenway Park. Correct for two points. Look, <laughs> as I said before, Harley, you've got nothing to worry about. Let's just let him have a little bit of respect. I don't want him to walk it's away true. looking like a complete schmuck. Uh, question seven. It's always coming seven, guys. Who was the manager slash coach for the Red Sox in 2004? Terry Francona. Correct for two points. Joe, number eight. Yeah. Prior to winning this year, when was the last year the Red Sox won the championship? 1918. Correct for two points. Okay, well now we've now now we potentially have a ball game, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, nine or ten, Harley. Uh, let's keep it with nine. Do you know what? I'm going to force you to take question ten. Do you know why? Because nine has a bonus, and Joe hasn't had a bonus, and I want him to give him at least. I want to give him the hope, right? Because it's the yeah. hope that kills you. Give him the tickler. <laughs> Absolutely. I'll what take ten was, then. What was the exact? date that the Red Sox were crowned champions? Choices, please. April 5th, July 30th, August 14th, October 27th. October 27th. Choices was a good choice there. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, Joe, you need maximum points. It's called the October Classic for a reason. (laughs) You need to get question nine without taking the options and you need the bonus all right okay (laughs) how many wins did the boston red sox finish the regular season with (laughs) i researched this answer (laughs) uh i cannot do this without the choices um 98 wins correct for two points what yep oh my god was that a literal guess I mean, I know like a hundred win season is like about as good as you can do, right? Like it's just like the benchmark for like an amazing season. So I was like, what's that minus a couple? Holy shit. Okay, Joe, you get the bonus question then as you manage to somehow secure two points with that random guess. How (laughs) many games did they play in total that season? 
Oh, fuck. 155. The actual answer was 162, but spoiler alert, Harley was already too many points ahead and you couldn't have won anyway. Uh, Harley, congratulations. You have crushed Joe Stapleton by not as big a margin as maybe some predicted, but nonetheless, you're a winner. As they always say, if you put a W in the column, it doesn't matter what the point differential was. So we are going to give you an extra special Pokestar swag pack, which we will ship across the Atlantic to you in the next few weeks. Oh, thank you so much. Uh, a couple of years ago, Joe actually got a head start on the swag pack for me. Joe, if you remember this. I, uh, yes, I do. Yeah. I was like, when I saw your name, that's why I was like, hasn't he been on the show before? But I guess it was because I sent no. you a book. But I remember sending yeah. a book to Maine. Yep. Uh, I'll always appreciate that. EPT Retro, uh, for me, gave me a, you know, a sense of routine uh, in uncertain times. And I know that you guys hear this constantly, uh, but no, it always bears us. repeating. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate that so much. Uh, just getting to hang out with my buddies and watching us, uh, watching the way we all played poker, like complete morons. <laughs> uh, and <laughs> having a good laugh uh, really kind of helped get me through an awful awful period so well, thank well, you both very we much. appreciate you too harley thank absolutely. you absolutely to be sincere for one second which i very rarely am um it does mean a lot to know that the content we put out there is appreciated and as joe said we obviously appreciate your support because if no one was watching there'd be no point in doing it so thank you harley and thank you for coming on the show today uh thanks for giving up your time thrilled to be here guys thank you so much again congrats All right, my babies, that's just about all the time we have got for this week's show. Use Discord. You can use the app. You can use the webpage. Use it to comment on the show and submit your ideas and your super fan applications. I think we've got some some gaps coming up. I don't know about super fans, but uh, guest suggestions would be cool. Absolutely. Uh, we've already established that we're going to try and make you a better poker player and get you some coaching on the show. We are going to do our Poker Movie Monday of the Card Counter. We're going to talk about the Global Poker Awards. Hopefully, fingers crossed, we've got some live events coming up. So there's lots to discuss, but always looking for suggestions. And yeah, even if we have to book people in five, six weeks in advance, super fan applications always welcome. Yeah, it's better for us that way. Trust me, we don't have to stress out about stuff the further out we can book stuff. Yeah, <laughs> actually, I, I've I've laid awake many nights um, being like, oh, is the guest coming through tomorrow? So the further out we can do it, uh, the better. Coming up next week, I guess I can just copy and paste this from last week's show. Well, I'm gonna do try you want me to talk it. to Giles and say, can you just take that yes. section of last week's show and just drop it in here? Drop here. It's our 2022 Entertainment Roundup. Uh, I mean, our 2021 entertainment wrap, wrap, there wouldn't be much to round up this year. Well, of course it would, because there's insane amounts of content everywhere. Anyway, <laughs> there is a dude on Twitter whose movie and TV takes I love. And not only is he pretty savvy with his entertainment tweets, but he's a high stakes reg as well. We are very excited to have Sam Greenwood on the show next week. I think and the true test of whether someone is a super fan is whether they now go back to episode 236 and compare those sections to see whether we did just copy and paste or whether Joe <laughs> did that twice. <laughs> yes, please. Someone, someone, uh, I, I would like, if I did do it twice, I would like a grade on how close I got it. Uh, also, 
I'm going to be back playing some live poker next week in the midst of recording the show. I'll be at Hamul Casino in San Diego playing another Run Good event, uh, which is always good for a story or two. And let's hope that me running like a normal person started yesterday and we can just have it and have some actual poker tales um, without being just nothing but bad beat stories. Okay, that's it. That is all the time we have got for this week's show. Until next time, for James Hardigan, I'm Joe Stapleton. Smell you later. Smell you later.